the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. What a beautiful day in Northeast Ohio. Let's uh, start thinking positively. Bravery is the ability to look fear and hurt in the face and say, move aside. You are in my way. I can't remember who said that. I was, it was a young lady, though, uh, as I recall. Bravery is the capacity to perform properly, even when scared half to death. <laughs> that was Omar Bradley. Be brave. Remember that bravery is not the lack of fear, but the ability to move forward in the spite of fear. And I don't remember who said that. Be brave. Take risks. Nothing can substitute experience. <laughs> and then one more. Be brave even if you're not. Pretend to be. No one can tell the difference. There we go. All right. Uh, you know, I, I, I must say that uh, the next three weeks we will be bumped. I believe uh, we have football. Um, I think it's Akron U football. Uh, or I'm not sure. It's football. <laughs> uh, and I usually listen to, the, by the way, uh, 1420 during the week and i don't listen on the weekends as much but uh so uh we will be bumped the next couple of weeks uh so there you go um and remember you can you can always go to our web page w or go to whk's web page whk 1420 am and go to local podcasts and go down and you can uh you know if you want to fact check me <laughs> like they're doing in the media which you don't do a very good job with by the way uh, you can fact check me, whatever. Okay. We can also, uh, we have two new pieces out our top 30 energy ideas and our top 30 world ideas, uh, which are both, and there's a couple of the oil ones or the energy ones on the top 30 ideas. But we also have stuff like, uh, I've been talking about energy for a while now, uh, since the beginning of the year, basically. And we had our ener- our global energy conference infrastructure, that type of thing, uh, and nobody's called in to get the the information, so I know it's good. And then the U.S. electrical grid. But, folks, energy is going is a, undergoing a big change, but it doesn't mean we're just going to throw away natural gas and oil right now, okay? But the fact is the U.S. electrical grid is going to be very important if they're going to have electrical cars and all that other stuff that they're talking about. And then for those, uh, you know, who are just starting Money Matters for Young Professionals, uh, the Savvy Investors Credit Workbook. Remember, more companies are selling their credit. They're selling debt than any other time in history. Why? Because interest rates are low. Maybe you should take advantage of it also. Women and Wealth, a planning workbook, and also a business owner's guide to transition. By the way, I have some information for business owners. You know, between now and the end of the year is a great time if you're going to spend money all right, it's a great time to spend money. So that's all I'll say. And if you want that information, you own a business, 
uh, give me a call or just hit the, you know, contact me or email me. If you go to my webpage, which you can go directly from the Smart Investor Show, all right, uh, under insights, there's a lot of good stuff. It's a constantly, you know, I'm adding uh, information there every week, all right? So it's new research. And we give we name names, folks, okay? Um, we And, you know, we, like we had the infrastructure bill, uh, green green metals, you know, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. But we, you can also, uh, we also have our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. I think there's a transition coming, folks, so you better get ready. And uh, that's one way to do it. You know, you know the Tokyo Olympics, uh, the opening cer- ceremony drew a uh, U.S. broadcast audience of 16.7 million. That was the smallest viewership of the event in 33 years. And 25% of the applicants passed the Charter fi- Financial Analyst Level 1 exam administered in May. It's the lowest testing, uh, the lowest since testing began. Uh, that's down from 44% who sat for the fam- February exam. So obviously these guys weren't uh, studying enough. And, you know, the International Olympic Committee added 18 new events to the Tokyo Games. Women participation was expected to be 49%, the highest ever. That's kind of interesting, too, I think. Uh, you know, um, first of all, it's a live show. So if you got a question, you call in here. It's 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. Now, I was listening to, you know, we had our uh, – all our analysts on this week, uh, and we, we call it the Equity uh, Leaders Conference. And since I do a lot of business in the equity world uh, and also in the bond world, uh, you know, I was asked to listen in. And I thought it was interesting because Lori Calcavina, uh had some points. And she said, you know, basically like two weeks ago, the bullishness of the retail investor just collapsed. Okay, so we, we were 39.7, almost 40 for a while there of the bullish you know, percentage or number of people uh, bullish. And it's all, it's dropped to 20, uh, 20 and a half to be exact. And uh, the, what's really interesting at this point is that the institutional investor is following suit, which is great. Now, look, I think earnings sentiment has continued to deteriorate. It's driven by cyclicals and supply chain concerns. Uh, you know, the damage has been concentrated in a few sectors, though. And, I, I you know, so... Higher bond yields, uh, you know, last week's move was huge. We talked about this for a couple of weeks, how we thought bonds were had a little double bottom, were basing and all that good stuff. And I also think that the, you know, the latest COVID surge in the U.S. has peaked is good, and the pressure of the growth trade and, and has uh, bolstered the value in small cap stocks, okay? Now, one of the things that happened Friday was Merck came out with a, uh antiviral that was, you know, pretty much in 50% of the cases, would keep you out of the hospital for, for any length of time, which is very, very positive. But uh, by the way, the other thing I think is going on is that this Powell thing, you know, Elizabeth Warren came up and said, you know, you're a dangerous man. <laughs> That's the kettle calling uh, someone black as far as I'm concerned. But uh, <clears throat> the point is uh, now there's some question about Powell and also all the government programs, you know, are in question because the Democrats can't get enough votes. Thank you, Joe uh, Manchin. Uh, which is good, you know. I mean, I, uh, going off and spending four trillion dollars does not, uh, I think, is not, especially all the money we've just put into the system, is not a good idea. Is my my opinion. You know, that's Tim Hayes' opinion, not RBC's. So, I, I think the real key here is that the you know, 
the retail investor investor took a sharp turn down in, in bearish sentiment. And, you know, with the net bulls falling to, to levels that, you know, when sustained, they're usually found, followed by strong S&P 500 gains, by the way. I'm going to talk about something in the second, second portion of the show, uh, and it's a theory I have, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to pa- pass it on to whatever, but the institutional inv- investor uh, sentiment finally took a significant hit. And the latest data from the CFTC on asset manager position in U.S. equities, going for the second strict, straight week in a big big way. So that's kind of interesting. Um, the higher bond yields, I mean, we went up 20 basis points, which you know, doesn't sound much, but, you know, when the yield's one, 1.25 and you go to 1.55, uh, you know, in like five days, that's a lot. That's a big move, okay? So uh, that's what's getting everybody scared. I, I, I think we're going to sit around here for a while, but, you know, that's for a different time. A um, couple other things that I, I noticed, uh, you know, the sector leadership during rising rates and inflation has changed. If you notice, we've been talking about oil the last couple of weeks. Oil led the way. Our top small cap pick from the time I started talking about, you know, oil is now up 45%. Not a bad call, huh? And, you know, so the, the, yeah, the S&P down 2%, the NASDAQ was down 3%. But some of the things that I noticed is, you know, we went through the 50-day moving average like butter. You know, we gapped down through it. But we held the 100-day. So are we going to touch the 100-day again? I don't know. But, you know, uh, I mean, if you look back in uh, October, we we touched that 100-day twice. And now we might be doing it again and then took off. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But the 10-year rates is is 1.5%. Is that pain? I don't think. Is 1.4% good? You know, that's the big change in the week, you know. So I, I, I don't see the, you know, I don't see it. But, uh, you know, tech was good for a while. And then, then a lot of the software stocks, you know, got beat up. But, you know, the software index is up like 170% since I talked about it in 2018. And I think the 2018 show is still on, by the way. And I talked about, you know, hey, call in for this report, kind of like I'm doing with energy right now. Anyway, the financials were really good. So that's that's a really interesting scenario. But look, I think you got to slow down and take a look around. Uh, given the tear it's been on since the pandemic lows, it shouldn't come as a surprise that the stock market might take a much-needed rest, even more so as it's navigating through some challenges. And, and you know, Look, we've had persistent COVID-related distortions on supply chains, energy prices, inflation, the labor market, and overall economic momentum. The number of uh, third-quarter earnings missteps and warnings due to the the above issues by companies is in a wide range of economically sensitive uh, industries. So, you know, it's something like it's everywhere, you know. So anxious about legislation in Washington on the debt ceiling plus the two large spending bills and, and potential tax hikes on corporations. And upper income individuals has got things, you know, going. And you have jitters about the Chinese GDP and, you know, they, they can't get enough energy, uh, you know. So you've got a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, I mean, since May of 20, May 20th of 2020, you know, we've come 103% gain in the market. So, you know, you got you to gotta think about that. Now, it might be time to think about a transition. 
one of the things I've been talking about, and I haven't talked about for a while, was dividend stocks have underperformed the market for some time now. All right? So maybe the transition is to a slower growth scenario and more dividend-oriented scenarios. So the dividend growth portfolio in a prime income list might be the way to go, you know, because the the tapering. Now, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting uh, is, you know, we were talking about uh, in the uh, Tom Porcelli was on. He talked about Rosenthal being, you know, excused from the the Fed in Boston. He was one of the guys talking about a rate hike. Now, what what he did was not totally wrong, but he, you know, he stepped down anyway. Uh, he said it was because of health, and that may have been. But, he, you know, now they've eliminated one of the guys that's talking about a rate hike. So, you know, something to think about. And, look, uh, I, I keep going back to, you know, back in June, we talked about the Global Energy Power Infrastructure Virtual Conference conference uh and i really talked about the, the day two and just so you know the stock market is basically up about three and a half four percent from that date where most of those stocks are up about 18 19 20 percent our two top small cap picks are up like 35 40 all right so uh, you can still get that but another thing we talked about this week in in our equity leaders conference which i thought was kind of interesting was Buy now, pay later, which is disrupt, you know disrupting the e-commerce payments type of thing. And uh, you know we got a new report out on that, so you know that that's a, a business that doesn't make sense to me, <laughs> but it's going to get big. Uh, that's trust me on that. Now, some some things I, I noticed: uh, interest rates rise, and what we saw was there's some, you know, if I looked at bonds versus stocks, you still want to be in stocks, okay? Bonds sold off uh, fairly hard in a very quick period of time. Uh, but I think what we're going to see uh, is, you know, the 150 mark will probably hang around on the yield. The 150, 155 area will probably hang around that yield area for a while. That'll be my humble opinion. And uh, the weekly momentum continues to build, you know, uh, from an oversold position. But I think it's, it's up there real short term. So we'll, we'll go sideways for a while, and then, you know, we'll see if we hold. If, you know, there's a good chance we could go back to that 170, 180 mark that we were, uh, um, you know, several months ago. Um, the software index is finally taking a rest, okay? Uh, you know, and look, uh, software stocks have been up a lot. I mean, the software index is up like 140% uh, from that time when we talked about, you know, hey, call in for this report. Uh, the bank index, however, uh, paused through the second quarter and the third quarter, is now starting to reaccelerate. Uh, that might be with interest rates. So we'll see, you know, how that works uh, and, and, and go from there. But, look, there's a lot of things to worry about. You know, the government, uh, there's, there's the interest rates. You know, uh, China is having all sorts of problems. And, you know, we've got Evergrande, uh, you know, pos- you know they're, they're starting to fix that a little bit. But... You know, China doesn't can't get enough coal. They can't get enough oil. Uh, which, uh, and by the way, Europe natural gas doubled in a very short period of time. In Europe, now I don't know what you know here. It's 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 up a lot. So we're going to have a big surprise once we get our first week of uh, cold weather. I think so. But I think it's important that uh, you know 
you pay attention to that type of stuff because you're starting to see some of these energy stocks move. I mean, I didn't think Exxon's numbers were that great Friday. I think it was up two and a half bucks. All right. That's a, you know, to move Exxon two and a half bucks takes a lot. Trust me. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I'm not recommending Exxon. I'm just talking about it. Okay. Now I had uh, Ed call in and, or he, he, yeah, he just uh, emailed me. I'm sorry. And said, Tim, I, I want to buy bonds. Now, you know, now's probably a pretty good, you know, you buy bonds when the yields are up. Uh, but I'd still say, you know, hey, buy them in the five to 10 year range. I wouldn't go farther than 10 years. And, I, you know, I wouldn't go below five because I don't think you get any yield. So, um, you know, our income group uh, talked about this a lot over the last last couple of years. And, you know, a lot of people are buying buying in the triple B area. And I'd still stay in the five-year area. Um, the only place I'd probably stay, you know, farther than that is the municipal area. Uh, and, and I'd go to the 15, 20, 20-year area. And then I, I don't know if I, – I don't feel really comfortable doing that either. But what are you going to do? Hey, let's take a break. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. Remember, if you've got a question, it's 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And uh, a couple things. Uh, you know, I mentioned, I, I teased everybody with a little thing about business. Uh, now, look, if you own a business through December 31st of 2022, business owners may expense 100% of the cost of newly acquired equipment in the first year of ownership. Just so you know, this doubles the previous limit of 50, uh, 50%, okay? So, Expensing equipment reduces taxable income dollar for dollar. All right. So for you guys out there who have businesses, uh, I, I'd be paying attention to that. Also, the interest on the debt, such as our credit access line, used to finance equipment may also be tax deductible, creating a further dollar for dollar redu- reduction on taxable income. So, you know, if you have, if you're going to buy equipment and you have a portfolio, what a way to, you know, you borrow against the portfolio with a credit access line, believe me, the interest rates are attractive and uh, we'll leave it at that. So if you want more information on that, call me. I'd be glad to help you. Okay. Uh, here, a couple things. Um, well, let, let's just go, uh, first of all, you know, I, I was, I was looking at, uh, you know, uh, I watched our, my favorite congressperson, uh, give Mr. Powell a hard time about saying he's a dangerous man. Uh, don't comment. But I will say this. If you look at the five-year maturities, you know, and I, um, I was listening to Tom Porcelli this week, um, you know, they seem to be tightening for the, the the Fed already. So the market's already anticipating. I mean, it had been above, uh, I think it was like 35 40 basis points and it popped above it. So, uh, you know, you're seeing that. We're also seeing, you know, some of the treasury uh, yields, you know, pop above, you know, the, the uh, two-year pop above where it was, uh, you know, it was below a certain level and now it's popped above it. So it looks like 
to me that <laughs> the the Fed is having its work done by the market, uh, which is interesting. And the other thing is, you know, commodities kind of have had a weird chart. Okay, they broke out uh, and then reversed right back down the next day, and so that's what they call false breakout. And then a week later, they break out again, and this time they've held for five, six days. So uh, maybe you know it's the it's the commodities that are influencing the treasury market. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm talking out loud here. So, uh, but I you know I looked at some of the like the the energy ETN, the DBE, you know, broke way above it. The USO broke way above uh, you know resistance. So. You know, we talked for two weeks about, hey, buy energy. You know, we, we said that energy was overbought. And then we said, you know, on the, from the option report, we talked about the six zones and five and six was where all the energy stocks in. And then we said they all went back to two and three. It's time to buy them. And they're all breaking out. All right. Uh, and financials, uh, you know, there's a very bullish chart pattern in financials. Uh, they haven't broken out yet, so I'm not going to anticipate an anticipator, but you know, you like to see that. I've seen it on banks and I've also seen it on uh, insurance companies. So keep your fingers, uh, you know, whatever. The other area I'm seeing that, you know, we talked about way back in March, I think it was, was the agricultural stocks and ETFs. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, they, they look like they're basing and, and they have been basing since, you know, basically they, they ran up in April. And we were talking about them back in, I think it was March. Uh, and then they pulled back on me to make me, you know, not sleep at night. And then they, they broke out again. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if they continue. But, you know, we, we do have uh, a scenario where, you know, it, it's, I would call it kind of a cup and handle. And then, uh, you know, and then it, it, it didn't follow through. But, you know, I, I guess my question, uh, and, and this is, you know, if I look at the stock market, okay, so we've talked about the commodity markets, and these are all moving together. You know, the stock market, I was instructed by a, a great chartist, the guy who got me started in charting, and he, unfortunately, he died way too early, Mike Donahue. And Mike, uh, you know, talked about the third gap down rule, and I don't know where he got it, uh, but I've read about it in a couple different books. Uh, Marty Pring, you know, if you haven't read Marty Pring, you should. A climax is a one-day event when the market action, you know, generates very high readings and breadth and volume indicators, you know. So you watch the VIX and the Bollinger Bands and all that stuff. And, you know, look, uh, we had one uh, back on um, uh, what day it was. It was the, uh, I don't know, the, the tw 17th or 18th. You know, we gapped down. That was the Monday. And then we rally back up and then we gap down again this week. Then we gap down again. So the question is, you know, did, was it a climax uh, with a reversal on Friday? And I guess we'll find out the hard way, but it sure does look like a, a climax to this kid. But, you know, uh, uh, I'm not uh, a paid, you know, I'm a retirement specialist. Uh, I'm not a paid chartist. Okay. So, uh, the other thing I've been noticing is like the rails and the industrials have just pulled back, you know, and whatever. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's getting, 
they're getting interesting because the stochastics, which is an oversold, overbought thing, are very, very oversold. So we'll see what happens. And the other thing I would say is, you know, the U.S. dollar has been kind of strong. And if I look at the UUP, I chart it on a candlestick chart, I don't like what I see. <laughs> so it may have peaked, okay, uh, for the time being. And we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Now, uh, where do we go from there? Uh, look, I, I think that one of the things that I see um, is, is, you know, we ex- we expected a shallow pause or pullback, and I, you know, maybe it goes longer. But this hundred-day moving average has been holding the last couple years, uh, especially, you know, like right before the election, everybody was panicking, and uh, it held twice. So, uh, I think what's more important though is sector and style rotation is likely to dominate your portfolio's performance into the year end. And, uh, you know, the, the, the charts of value of growth versus value and high beta versus low beta kind of reinforce this outlook. And, you know, we'll take it from there. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm seeing, you know, the cyclical stocks have pulled back, uh, you know, because the 10 year yield moving up, but banks, you know, have, have gone ahead and, and semiconductors have traded sideways in very narrow ranges. Uh, it you know might be that some are beginning to break out. I'm also seeing some of the auto-related and reopening groups are showing evidence of accelerating, uh, while some select industrials are moving up. I got a couple of those that I really kind of like. Um, there's some growth stocks are stalling, especially the software group. I don't know if they're sales, okay, because some of these companies have really impressive software products. So. Now, the one thing we keep talking about is if you look at the S&P 500 monthly, the upside momentum is slowing, and it's very overbought. Okay, it's most overbought. It's been in a couple of years. And we're at the top of the trend line. Okay, so if you, if you draw an uptrend, you set the, the highs is one line, and the lows, and, you know, the lows are higher lows, are the next line. So we're at the top of the trend line. So we'll probably go sideways, have a couple, you know, hiccups, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, we'll see what we'll see. But if I look at stocks where bonds, I think stocks are the place to be. Bonds got really hit hard here, so it would be interesting to see what's happened. And, and then, you know, uh, Rob Schleimer, uh, our head technician, who's you know, came over here from Fundstrat after he was at RBC for years, you know, he talks about the weekly quadrant balance mo- momentum oscillator. And it's, it's still somewhat oversold, okay? So it's not at areas where we'd peak. Uh, the advanced decline lines, uh, you know, they confirmed the, the new high and then they pulled back, but they're, they're not really, you know, they're not going to new highs. Okay. So what you had is the stock market going up, but not all the stocks following it. So it was a narrow range. Uh, and if I look at the daily quadrant balance data, uh, you know, we thought it was going to get oversold, uh, and, you know, I mean, overbought, and it, it stopped, all right? What's really interesting is the Russell. The Russell 2000 has a lot of regional banks in it, and it's been going sideways. And now the momentum is starting, you know, has, has to the oversold market and now starting to turn back up. And it, look, it looks like a similar pattern to 2017 when, you know, small caps went crazy. And the one thing I do like is the relative performance versus the S&P 500 is broken out. So something to think about. And remember, the... Citigroup economic surprise is down where it's, it's getting to almost oversold 
And don't forget, the bulls are non-existent. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with uh, the Bullish Percent. This is Smart Investor Show. Once again, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. If you have a question, the number is 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. You know, um, I, I, I got an email just from Ken, uh, no, Kyle, I'm sorry. Uh, it's also my assistant's name, by the way. And he was asking about silver. Uh, silver, you know, with the dollar rally, silver and gold have not been uh, doing well, and Gold's one box away from entering a negative trend, and silver broke some near-term support just recently. Now, I also just said that the dollar weakened in the last couple of days and kind of has a formation that I don't like. Uh, so I don't think I'd you know jump off a cliff right now, but uh, you know, silver has uh, SLV, which is you know silver the ETF has a lot of support at sixteen. I think it's at eighteen bucks right now and and the spider gold trust uh is one box away from you know uh, a sell signal so you got to be careful 1670 on gold is where i i draw the line i also had some question a uh, question about bitcoin and you know uh, the, the problem with bitcoin is like i i said before is i don't know how, i don't know how to value it okay so i'm not an expert on this so i just say on the chart thirty thousand would be a lower high and I don't like lower highs in anything. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. You know, uh, it was, it was an interesting week. Uh, we, you know, we talk about the bullish percent all the time and the bullish percent was uh, designed by some, some guys in the thirties that what they want to do be is bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. Okay. So the New York uh, bullish, uh, the New York stock exchange bullish percent is, is basically all the stocks on the New York stock exchange, uh, and the NASDAQ. So it's a huge thing and it's hard to move. It's like a, you know, big old aircraft carrier. You know, it doesn't, you don't turn an aircraft carrier on a dime. Okay. You don't make a 45 degree turn. <laughs> uh, you know, you got, you got to turn it and then turn it back and then turn it back and turn it back, etc. And um, th- this thing is, you know, zeros where, in a, where we are right now is, is a time where you have to be more careful. Okay. Uh, in a column of X's, you have the offensive team on the field. Right now, we have the defensive team on the field. So you got to think that way. I've had some clients ask me why I ha- why they have so much cash, and I said because I'm a, you know I'm a little nervous. All right, uh, I just think you know we're getting close to the end of it. Look, we've been correcting since March first. Okay, and so usually at the end of a correction, like thirty five percent of the Nasdaq composite is in bear market territory right now. All right. So we're getting near the end. And what happens at the end is it gets a little bit more dramatic and it scares everybody. And my clients call me a lot. And that's okay. You know, that's what I'm here for. And, you know, but it's the best buying time. You know, everybody says October is the massacre month. It's one of the best buying times in history. Always. September's not bad either. All right. So, I mean, I look, insiders are buying right now. Okay, and I'll just leave it at that. But anyway, so there's this goes this chart goes from zero to one hundred. It's an old point and figure chart, X's and O's. And when we get above seventy, that's when things are dangerous. We were above seventy a lot this year. 
Okay. We were down 3% this this week, down to 41. So we're getting there. The promised land is 30. That's when, that's what they call the green zone. Above 70 is the red zone. And the green zones usually when nobody opens their 401k statement, don't, you know, they don't return your broker's calls. They don't, you know, they don't even look at the, the thing, whatever. Uh, and that's okay. All right. One thing I did notice this week is the small cap index went into a column of X's. Now it's down quite a bit. Uh, you know, it, it's not up there. It was never up there in the eighties, like, uh, the New York Stock Exchange bullish, uh, index. Uh, so it's in, it's in the low forties and, uh, you know, usually a good place to buy. So smaller caps look better than larger caps. And if you look at, you know, there's 598 stocks within the S and P 500 small cap stocks. 196 are trading above their 10-week and 50-week moving average. Uh, their three-week and their 40-week moving averages. Okay, so if you examine the technical attributes, there's a common theme. A majority of them have at least three technical indicators in the Dorsey Wright system. By the way, the bullish percent is brought to us by our friends, uh, the Dorsey Wright Group in Virginia. Uh, I, I think they're now owned by the NASDAQ. So interesting, but look, I, I, I was looking at, uh, you know, what I would be starting to do here and consumer cyclicals look like they're overweight. They're very oversold. Uh, I've noticed the XLY has really strengthened quite a bit. Now there's some names in there that I really, really like, <laughs> and there's some names, uh, you know, I got, I, I sold some coals and I kept some and I was trying to go for a long-term capital gain and it got beat up. So, um, you know, there are some names out there that are four for five that look really good. And I bought a little bit. I'm probably going to buy them again. I would say technology is overweight, although software is going to pause for a while. Okay. Software has been on an unbelievable run and you're just going to remember that financials. I would overweight also, and they're improving nicely. Uh, I've got four or five names. I really like we had uh, Gerard Cassidy, you know, he's on CNBC all the time. And he had some really good ideas. And he likes a couple small cap ideas that I really, really like. Industrials, I would equal weight. Real estate, equal weight. Utilities, that underweight. They're kind of weakening. And, and energy is improving. But most people are underweighting because of ESG. Now, the question is, you know, the S&P 500, energy is now 4.5% of the S&P 500. It's one of the lowest totals ever. Is it going to 7 or is it going to 8? Or is it going to 20? You know, what we've done is we've uh, we've taken away our ability to be energy dependent by going straight to ener- electrical. And it'll be interesting because I don't think electrical is going to ha- ha- happen as fast as everybody else. Now, there was something that happened this week is the Japanese election for a new president was the Liberal Democratic Party. Uh, it came after uh, PM Suga uh, announced he would not be running for re-election. So... I, I thought it was interesting. You know, the results were announced after the close, and many of the broad J- Japan funds saw pullbacks on Tuesday. Uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, for those who are in the international scene. So now, if I look at fixed income, you know, treasury yields have really risen significantly since the last Fed meeting. They were at 1.2, now they're at 1.54, uh, and, you know, there you go. So I guess the question is, if you're a bond player, where do you go? And uh, right at the moment, I still think it's in the, you know, the uh, convertible bond area and, and also those bonds that were floating rate interest rates is what I call it. Uh, now, oil's been positive for three weeks. So what happened basically was oil broke 
down to 62. I thought it was going to hold 65, 67 area. And I can't be right all the time. But uh, I think it's okay. You know, uh, and gold went negative. It does seem that gold is taking a back seat in the inflation thing compared to Bitcoin. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Uh, you know, I, I would suggest that, uh, you know, if you looked at the GLD, it did return to a sell signal or a column of O's on, on, a, on, a, on Tuesday. So I think, you know, you got to watch that um, 1670 area for gold, all right? And then the dollar, um, you know, the, the dollar was nearing a point of some really big resistance, and the dollar recently established support at around 92. But looking at the uh, – got to look at the candlestick chart. If you look at the candlestick chart and you understand candlestick charts, you'll understand that that's not the greatest-looking chart in the world. <laughs> uh, and I'll leave it at that. Um, so, you know, basically I would suggest that there's, uh, you know, a two-tier market here where the small caps are holding together. Remember, the small cap index has a lot of regional banks. And I can tell you, for the last, like, three weeks, all I've been writing down, because I look at all the charts every morning, because I don't want my clients getting hurt, okay? All I've written down is oil, financials, and industrials, and small caps. That's it. You know? Uh, oh, by, by the way, healthcare. For some reason, healthcare and has has uh, leaped ahead of everything. So, uh, kind of a, an interesting, uh, you know, scenario. I think it's uh, one that, you know, we will probably uh well let's just say we'll we'll probably see uh, a change in the weather coming up um you know it, it's it's my humble opinion that you know dividends are going to be coming more and more important because what the government's doing is slowing things down okay uh and uh you know that is a problem um it, you know, it's slowing things down pretty drastically, as a matter of fact. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's such that, um, well, let's just put it this way. During the Obama administration, you know, they raised taxes more than any other time, and they did a lot more government spending. Uh, the, you know, what we had was a situation where um, the – the dividend stocks were the leaders, okay, the REITs. And, and uh, you know, our prime income list was doing great at that point. So it's one of those things where I think you have to uh, pay pretty close attention to uh, things that are out of favor right now because uh, I have a feeling that you're going to see a big change coming, <laughs> uh, my humble opinion. But anyway, the, the point is is that, I, you know, don't be afraid to uh, – uh, you know, move in, into some dividend-paying stocks right now. I, I know of several that are in the dividend aristocrats that are down right now, and they're down for, you know, reasons that I think are are not something that we have to worry about, okay? Um, in the meantime, you know, look, the economic surprises, you know, when we've had big moves in the market, the Citigroup G10 economic surprise sentiment is usually down, you know, in the negative area, and it's it's below negative 25 right now. So, you know, it, it just so you know, it got down to like minus 140 uh, back in 2020. I don't know if we're going to go there, but 
And then if I look at the AA bullish sentiment minus the bearish sentiment, we're at one of the lowest levels we've seen in a while. So I just think it's important that you, uh, you know, think about that for a while. Now, will government intervention cause the market to slow down? If it does, like I said, you want to be buying dividends, especially if they start to tax us. You know, dividends are taxed at a lower rate, uh, and you can hold on to those stocks. You know, you can't fake dividends, folks, okay? But one of the things I did see this week was if I look at low volatility versus high volatility, the high volatility stocks broke out. And they broke out, which is important because the high volatility stocks are the industrials, are the chemicals, are the financials, okay? So that's something we got to concentrate on. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, we're going to talk about insider buying in, uh, in about two or three minutes. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Remember, 216-901-0945. Get you into the studio. Talk to you soon. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. Uh, it's a beautiful day out there. I hope you're driving with the top down and the, and the radio up loud <laughs> so you can hear me. And we all talk inside. So we've done we've gone from a strategy piece. We talked about the Fed and, and the economy, and we moved down to different perspectives. Different ideas like oil, gas, uh, you know, the global energy structure. Uh, and then we talked about some technicals. Uh, then we talked about the risk in the market. Remember, the risk is a little bit greater right now, but we are at the, in the four, low 40s. So, you know, when you get down to 30, that's when you got to start looking, okay? That's when the time probably you won't pick up the phone and talk to me, <laughs> but you should. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, um, it's, you know, it, Look, it's hard to buy stocks when they're down because you get a really bad feeling in your stomach, but it's the best time. Sorry, it's the way it works. Now, we talk about insiders all the time, and I'm looking for big insider buys. I want to make a lot of money. And by the way, there was two sets of insiders last week. They were both in the same industry, and the far left was buying them, and the far right was buying them. Same industry. I've been buying both of them, but... Uh, you know, I'm not telling you who they are because that's for my clients. Anyway, insiders, when they buy, they know more than you and I, okay? Or if they're big, if they're big, big hitters in the hedge fund business, believe me, they've sharpened their pencil. So you want to pay close attention to, to who's buying what, all right? That's important. They're usually early. So, you you know, you got to watch them for a while. That's, what I, that's why I look at charts every day. And... Things are, will get interesting later on. But anyway, the one I, I saw was I thought was interesting was the uh, Franklin Resources bought 3.6 million shares or $43 million worth of Ben Franklin or Franklin Resources Asset Management. And the stock was, you know, it, it was about 34, 30, uh, 33, I guess it was. It's now 30, so it's down about 10%. And they step up the plate and buy it big. And then our friends at Baker Brothers bought another Round of $8.3 million worth of Kodiak. Wow. Kodiak scientist. That's kind of interesting. And then, I don't know this guy, but he's a former director. His name is Al Litowitz. He bought Star Peak Corp., which is a shell. It's one of those acquisition companies. He bought 530,000 shares. And he wasn't the only one. Uh, Michael Morgan, who's a former director, he bought 300,000 shares for $3 million. 
And I believe there was one more, and I can't find it. <laughs> there's one more, but I can't find it. So, And then Bin Zhao, uh, there's a company called Planet Green Holdings. It's packaged food. Uh, it's, it, it, it popped big after he bought this, by the way, but it was down, let, I think it was less than a dollar, or just a little bit over a dollar, I guess it was. It's now $1.39. Uh, so he, he bought uh, 1.3 million shares. So the, for you out there who like lower price stocks. And then Milton Alt bought Alt Global Holdings, which is electrical equipment and parts, at uh, 249 a share. He bought 800,000 shares. And then he, uh, uh, two days later, he bought 700,000 shares. All right. So he's, he is the executive chairman, so he might know something. Hint, hint. Uh, at Golfport, Silver Point Capital again bought some more stock. Uh, they bought another 22,000 shares for a tune of 1.7 million. Uh, also, uh, Agree Realty, we had John uh, Ricalta, who's a director, buy $1.3 million worth. And then Richard Agree, who's the executive board, bought 6,000 shares or 402. Now, he already owns 400,000 shares. So, uh, you know, <laughs> let's say he's just buying a lot. And then we had uh, Evergy. You know, last week we talked, to, there was a couple buys of about $1.2 million by John Wilder, his director. Well, he bought again this week. Uh, he bought another 19.8 million, uh, thousand shares, I'm sorry, uh, 1.2 million. Uh, 1.25 million, then another 1.24 million. So he's real interesting. Now, here's one that I think is very interesting. Jack Schuler, who's the former vice chairman at Abbott and has done very well in the stock market, has, has, he owns 16 million shares of this company, uh, and it's accelerated diagnostics. He bought another 192 for a million. Then he bought another uh, 150 for, for 800,000. Then he bought another 59,000 for 300. So now he owns 17 million shares. Uh, I think he likes the stock. Um, also, in the real estate investment trust area, we had uh, the apartment investment and management company. We had uh, Terry Constantine, who's a director, buy 150,000 shares. And then two days later, he bought 139,000 shares. I've been noticing a lot of people in the REIT area are buying when they're down, which means their yield is up. Hmm, where have you heard that before? <laughs> I think we talk about that on the show quite a bit. And then uh, Black Knight, which is a software company, which has got kind of crushed. It's, you know, it was 84, it's now 72. At 68, uh, the chief executive officer stepped up and bought a million dollars worth of stock. So uh, that is in chump change. Now, here's a couple other ones. Matador, which is, you know, right on the, uh, the dome in the Permian Basin, we had eight insiders buy 12 to 15,000 shares, around $37, $38 a share, and one guy buy 3,000 shares, uh, which is, you know, uh, quite a bit of stock, actually. And then a um, couple other ones, Via V, uh, which is the old JDS Uniface, by the way. The CEO bought 113,000 shares, and then uh, the CFO bought uh, 80, uh, yeah, 89,000 shares, and then we had nine others buy 12 to 22,000 shares, which I think is uh, really interesting. And then Huntsman Chemical, starboard value, which is smart investing, but 8% of the company in the last couple of weeks. And then Starboard and Elliott, which are both very smart activists, uh, bought Willis Towers, uh, which is in the real estate business. And they, uh, between the two of them, have about 10%. So a lot of insider buying. Isn't that interesting? So the market's selling off, 
But the smart money is buying. Hmm. Okay, so anyway, uh, look, let's review a few things. The 10-year yield spiked this week. Sent shivers all down our back, okay? So we basically went from, uh, we'll just call it 138 to 152. I don't think that's terrible, but I also think that, you know, we were above the resistance, which was at 145. So we'll probably hang between 145 and 152 for a while uh, because we're pretty overbought short term. The U.S. dollar index is at major resistance. If it breaks through here, I'd be surprised. I would suggest the momentum starting to die, and I also don't like the chart. <laughs> so it'll be interesting. And, and I'm looking at the UUP, okay? I'm not looking at the dollar spot index. Now, you know, Rob Schleimer is, is feeling the same way. You know, he said the daily momentum is beginning to accelerate and, and probably peak in early October, which we are in today. Uh, so, you know, those are some things that you have to, you know, pay very close attention to. Now, you know, crude oil, crude oil breaks uh, 76.90. I mean, it could go easily go to 90 bucks, 87 to 90, I think, would be some, you know, somewhere in that range. Because what they're doing is they're cutting us off, off from our oil to force us to buy electric cars. But not everybody's going to be able to buy an electric car or, you know, whatever. So... The other thing I noticed, and I was looking at charts of used cars. Used cars, you know, uh, the prices went up drastically. They were up like 35% for the year. They've almost given that all back. <laughs> so it'll. Uh, I don't think people – people are smart. You know, they're not going to chase price. Uh, they'll wait, okay? They'll wait, they'll wait, they'll wait. And uh, so it'll be interesting. Copper, on the other hand, and, and a lot of commodities had big weeks, all right? So – the, you know, the weekly momentum on copper is now getting to the oversold level and starting to turn up. So I think you've got to pay particular attention. And I think lumber uh, continues to bottom near the support between 490 and, and 1500. Now, you know, look, it went all the way up to 1700, uh, you know, when people are going crazy about housing. People are smart. They've, they've stepped back. But I still think, you know, if lumber breaks uh, 685, uh, I uh, I think it's off. You know, it's going to do fine. You know, it's it, it's not going down for a while. So, I think it's uh, very interesting. I, I did notice a lot of the banks and quite a few of the semiconductor stocks are starting. You have made interesting chart patterns. All right, sideways movements to move back up, and also some of the auto related uh, companies uh, and some of the uh, reopening plays too. All right. The reopening plays have been uh, very, you know, popular lately. Hotels, you know, that type of name. I got I got two or three names that I really, really like. Uh, so I, I think there's plenty to do and there's stocks that are holding their own. Uh, my question is, you know, some of the big software companies and some of the little software companies which have been leading the way. Uh, do you sell those now or what? You know, take it from there. Now, uh, look. Uh, my suggestion is, is I think dividend growth portfolio is going to be the way of the future. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of growth go on. Uh, but if the Democrats get their way, I think we're going to see growth slow down. Now, I don't know if they're going to get their way. So, you know, like I'm not a political guy. Um, but dividend growth and prime income list worked very, very well during the Obama administration. In the meantime, don't forget, the next three weeks I am bumped. Okay, football comes around. So if you don't hear me, I'm not there. All right. Uh, and in the meantime, you can go to my webpage, 
So go to WHK1420, go down, local podcast down at the Smart Investor Show, Tim Hayes. It takes you directly to my webpage. And look under Insights. And, and then under Bulletin Board, it has the trend and cycle. That's Rob Schleimer's work. We'll keep you up to date on the market while I'm gone, okay? And uh, so the, the October 9th, 16th, and 23rd will be gone, okay? So uh, remember that. And in the meantime, I highly recommend, uh, this goes back to June, but it's the 2020 RBC Capital Markets Energy Power and Infrastructure Virtual Conference update. It's the second day. It gives you everything you want to know. And then our our view on the electrical grid, I think those are going to be very important stuff, very important stuff going forward. Also, Business Owner's Guide to Planning Transition. Remember, business, you got till 20, uh, December 31st of 2020, uh, 2022, I'm sorry. You can buy equipment and write 100% of it off, okay, plus the interest that you paid for it, okay? So don't forget that. Credit access line is, you know, like I said, the Savvy Investor's Credit Workbook is a really good idea right now because pe- people are using credit. It's a good idea with interest rates as low as they are. And Women and Wealth, a planning guide for you ladies. It's a great thing. And then uh, Money Matters for the Young Professionals, uh, for you guys that, you know, aren't really sure yourself, that'd be a good thing to get a hold of. Look, I think uh, it's a beautiful day. Go out there and enjoy it. I'm going to go hit the white ball around for a while. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any questions or like to have coffee with me, go to my webpage. Give me a call. I do answer the phone. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.